0: Now, you have to be tough to live in Venus. Anyway, you are listening to The Moncrief Show on Talk. Jonathan de Berca Butler joins us once again to bring us story from other parts of the world. Jonathan, Sean,
1: how are you getting on? You uh,
0: right, we're going to go to the US first. And uh, this is about at uh, least uh, one of the people who took part in, in the Capitol riot or, or insurrection or whatever one wants to call it. But uh, this chap got 10 years. Yeah, this is a former
1: uh, New York City police officer, a man by the name of Thomas Webster. He had actually... Between the Navy, I think, and the police, he had served for the, you know, the United States for 25 years. And that would come to help him in the end. Uh, But not everything did, to be honest with you. He was involved, as he said, in those riots on the 6th of January. And he was convicted in May on multiple charges, including assaulting police and violent and disorderly conduct, right? And he was sentenced on Thursday to those 10 years. And that is the longest sentence that has been imposed on anyone over the rolls in the riots so far. Now, I I think it's been really interesting the way these, the, the fallout from these riots has been handled because it's... I don't know if you feel this way about it, but I certainly feel this way about it. It's kind of been ticking along very quietly, I think. You know what I mean? And they're getting their charges in and they're getting their prosecutions and there doesn't seem to be... Okay, I'm I'm, I'm sure there's sectors of the Republicans that are making a massive hoo-ha out of it, but when you consider that 850 people have been charged with involvement in the attack and 160 of them have pleaded guilty so far, I'm surprised there's not more about it to be honest with you do you know what I mean
0: uh, yeah I think maybe there might be a kind of a consciousness that let's not make martyrs out of these yeah. people so let's not you know let's not blow it up too much
1: yeah absolutely but it's it's been investigated mm. with absolute rigour I mean mm. and nobody is getting off the hook even the QAnon shaman who will everybody will know that yeah. Egypt with the with the yes. hat and the horns <laughs> let's be honest about yeah. it I mean he got 41 months now you could say that he was okay he was mad clearly but you know he was one of the tamer people People. I mean, at least this guy, he actually swung a metal flagpole at police officers, he got one down onto the ground and put him into a chokehold, so there was violent conduct. Okay. Now this guy, in his defence, he said he was defending himself, but the jury just didn't go with that at all Um, and he had said in the meantime that he had disavowed Trump and his claims that the election had been stolen and he got a reference letter from a friend who was presumably in the police force or something like that but the jury just said no way and the sentence 10 years for what he did 8 minutes of madness and and, and he's going to jail for a long time
0: My God he is How many like are we looking at hundreds of people who are still to go to trial on
1: this? Yeah well I I guess so I mean as I said 850 have been charged just over that 160 have so far been, been been convicted on handed sentences, so I'm sure there's going to be more. Now there's a scale, I'm sure, uh, mm. but there are some bigger fish uh, yet to go. I think heads of organisations and people who would have been seen as being, you know, um, you know, a rallying point or, or the main instigators.
0: Yeah, right, so I so I would guess, and perhaps that. Investigation might be ongoing as yeah, to instigators. Uh, right, Peru. We're going to go to uh, next, and uh, this is a depressingly familiar story, not just in Peru but in many countries in that part of the world. This is uh, uh, to do with uh, loggers and people losing their lives over.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is this is people encroaching into into spaces where. Um the other human beings just don't want to come into contact with them you know and, mm-hmm. and, and, and this is ongoing particularly in South America particularly around Peru, Peru Brazil um, where obviously the Amazon is and this particular case we're talking about Brazil and it involves a 21 year old man by the name of Jean de Guia and his body was recovered last Thursday that was four days after he went missing he had been fishing with a friend of his a colleague so I should say that this guy works for a logging company who were working in the area uh, and he'd been fishing with a colleague, much older colleague, in his mid-50s um, when they were attacked by an indigenous tribe. OK, so these people are called the Mashupiro tribe. There's only about 100 of them, between 100 and 200. That's mm-hmm. the estimated population. And they're obviously very protective of their territory. Um, it, as I said, they were fishing, they were attacked and, and he was he was killed by uh, by an arrow. Uh, his colleague was injured by one, managed to escape and raised the alarm. Um, But yeah, as you said, this is another example of uh, people not getting along or people maybe going further than they should.
0: Yeah, Uh, but is there evidence that they're illegally entering areas uh, to continue this war?
1: Well, this is the the dispute at the moment, right? So the logging company, back in 2016, the isolated Indigenous Peoples Reserve was extended, right? Mm. But the logging company had been operating in the area for a long time and so they're in a dispute now about whether, you know, they're allowed to work in this area or not. So it's a grey area. And their licence to continue logging in the area was granted back to them in 2020, I believe. Mm -hmm. So there's regular disputes going on between these, you know, between various different strands. There's an organisation there, I think it's called which which is, let's say, the federation of these Indigenous tribes. They represent 39 Indigenous tribes there, some of them that, are in contact with so-called civilized society, and some of them that aren't. Yeah. Um, but they they come into regular conflict with this logging with this logging company, where to the point where they're suing each other, and there's claims and counterclaims and all sorts of things. But Fenamat in their statement came out and said, "Look, if if logging companies, we, obviously, we're very sorry for the 21 year old who who was killed, but if logging companies are going to encroach or even come close to the areas where these tribes are living." this is going to happen.
0: Yeah. Uh, It's very sad. We did a piece there a couple of weeks ago on, now this was in in the Brazilian rainforest, Mm. but a a chap died there and he was a member of an uncontacted tribe, but he was the last member of his tribe. Oh, really? Uh, Everyone else had died through various means, disease, you Mm. know, in suspicious circumstances. Again, logging was a huge issue. Uh, But that guy died and nobody knows why they were uncontacted he didn 't want contact, so nobody knows what language they spoke or anything about their culture, and that all died with him.
1: Well, wow, well, all disappeared. yeah yeah, yeah. Th- these guys actually just while we're on that point, these were have, have reason to be skeptical. I mean they have a history of being they were wiped out nearly in, in the late 1890s right this particular tribe, and in the 1970s it's estimated there was only about 20 or 25 of them alive, so now mm-hmm. that they've gone up to between a hundred. And 200, you know, there are people who obviously want to keep them going yes. uh, for, 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 for reasons other than just pure survival, if if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Right. Iran, we're going to go to uh, next. Uh, uh, God love you if you're a member of a minority religion there. Uh, the Baha'i uh, community there are uh, in, in the cross hairs there.
1: They are, yeah. The Bahá'í uh, religion, um there's about 300,000, 5 million members across the world, right? About 300,000 of them are in Iran in various different parts of it. And they have never got on particularly well with uh, the Iranian authorities, particularly since 1979 when the... Islamic Republic of Islam, or Iran, sorry, was was um, established, right? So they've been persecuted on and off ever since. And in this particular instance, we're talking about two cases, one in the north, uh, one in the province of uh, Mazandaran, where 14 of them were arrested, okay? This was after their houses were searched and the confiscation of various different belongings and religious textbooks and mobile phones and all that kind of thing. And we can get a clue as to what they might be charged with given that 25 of their fellow followers, if that's a term that's mm. possible, uh, were sentenced to prison terms ranging from two to five years in the south of the country, right? And they were sent to prison for holding promotional and educational meetings and classes with the presence of Muslim people and promoting the Ba'i faith beliefs, right? So proselytising what yeah, whatever yeah. the correct term is. And um, so two to five years simply for for holding, you know, what is deemed to be religious conversion, but it's effectively just talking to people about the religion.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, but is that that's illegal in Iran if you try to convert somebody?
1: Well, I'm not sure if if, if it's illegal. To be honest with you, I imagine that it is. Certainly, I, I can tell you this, right? That there was a fatwa issued by the uh, supreme leader. Uh, in 2018 which forbade contact including business dealings with followers of the of this particular religion hmm. it's not recognised in the constitution and it has been described by the same man as a cult alright now the fact that it has its headquarters in Israel yeah, might also might have something think. to do with that but, as well but
0: it should be pointed out these are not, it's not a Jewish or Jewish adherent religion it's all. a kind no, no, of a no. you know
1: it's a catch all sort of yeah. religion they believe that all religions are right and none is
0: wrong yeah and that kind of uh, thing, well yeah. maybe they might change that now, uh, uh, right? Uh, we're going to go to uh, the UK now, or the waters just off uh, uh, the UK. Uh, the, you, you did tweet a, a picture earlier on, mm. Jonathan. Now you can explain why, uh, uh, why a particular name was on a big rock.
1: Yes. Yeah, so this involves
0: the uh, an area known as the Southwest
1: Deeps. All right. It's a conserve, a so called conservation zone, which lies about 190 kilometers off land, Land's End. Right. So it's between France and England. Uh, it's about 4,400 square kilometers. It's the size of Kerry. So, in the context mm. of the ocean, it's not, not that, that big, big, to be yeah. honest with you. So, it, it, it but. For fishermen, it's obviously a good place to go, and unfortunately, there's an awful lot of what's called bottom trawling going on. Right, this is an, a type of industrial fishing. Right, so Greenpeace are not particularly happy about that, so they took it upon themselves to drop 18 large boulders. These are big boulders, Portland limestone, dropped into the sea in order to make what would be the M1 into a rocky road, shall yes. we say? All right, so they can't drag their nets uh, along the along the floor, or at least it would be too risky for them to do so, right? Mm. Because they'd lose the nets, lose the catch, and they just couldn't be bothered. And they're doing this because of overfishing in the area as they see it. Now, this is in what is called a marine protected area, all right? Mm. And you would think, judging by the name, that this is a place where you can't do things like bottom trawling, but in fact, you can. It's legal, all right? Ah. So marine protected areas are, it's a global term, But the application of laws are different depending on where that marine protected area is, right? And there's about 90 to 100 of them, I think, off the coast of the UK, right? And this one isn't it isn't illegal to uh, go bottom-trawling in this particular uh, sea.
0: So this is what Greenpeace are trying to stop. Yeah, and one of the Rocks had Stephen Fry written on us. Did they
1: all have names written on them? They did. Uh, there was a few sponsors. Uh, so Simon Pegg was one, and mm. then uh, Stephen Fry was one as well. And there was a couple of others that, that weren't, Particularly familiar to me, I have to say. So yes. I went for the I went for Stephen <laughs> the, Fry in that the, particular tweet.
0: Now the thing is that yeah. while it's not illegal for them uh, for the bottom trawling, is it illegal for Greenpeace to hop a few big rocks?
1: This is the thing. Uh, the Marine Management Organisation are looking into this uh, to see if uh, it actually was an illegal act. I mean, this is something that. Doesn't bother Greenpeace. Like yeah, I mean, particularly, they, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, in fact, they'd probably take it as a badge of honor. If, <laughs> if they were taken to court, they could, you gonna they could make more out of it in many respects. Um, but they have said that organisation, the MMO, that it is potentially illegal, and it has launched an investigation.
0: OK, I wonder what law they we'd get them under because it's not really dumping stuff at sea. It's, it's you know, a, a deliberate act. Right, Nigeria uh, we're going to go to next and uh, they've uh, banned foreign actors. Yes, uh,
1: the Advertising Regulatory Council of Nigeria has banned the use of foreign models and voiceover artists uh, in media advertisements in the country, right? So it's, it's just in, in advertising as far as I know, right? So the Director General of that organisation in a statement said that all advertisements and marketing communications are to make use of only Nigerian models and voiceover artists, right? He said that this goes along with a new policy that's been introduced by the federal government uh, of developing local talent. So I thought it was interesting.
0: Okay, good for them. Is there an issue with non-Nigerians being used in acting and voiceovers there? Well, I, I suppose wonder. there
1: is. Like any, mm. like any country in the world, there would be. it's a big country, big population, big market. Um, but I'm sure there's plenty of work to go around. But obviously the government
0: feels that uh, it needs to be changed to protect the industry. Right. Uh, what should we look out for over uh, the next seven days?
1: Yeah, I think um, the European Union, there's been a lot spoken about this, our meeting in Prague. This is energy ministers, are meeting in Prague to hold an, um, uh, to talk about the soaring costs of, of gas and mm. energy in, in general. So um, we'll watch out for that. On Sunday then it's the 21st anniversary of the 9-11 attacks would you believe. Yeah, 21 years since that happened. And then very interesting in Sweden um, they're holding parliamentary elections there. The Social Democrats have been in power for seems like 150 years at this <laughs> yes. stage but the Sweden Democrats who are the far right contingent that have been knocking around now for about 12 or 13 years they look like they're going to do very well so it could be a very interesting election mm. and we'll probably cover that next week uh,
0: say. probably not well enough though to Take the reins there's, there's,
1: there's one poll that suggests that they might, if they were going to get in with, with, with various different conservative groups and the like, um, that the, the Social Democrats will win. Uh, there's, there's no doubt. We'll top the poll, right? Yeah. No doubt about that. But whether they can form a government uh, with the Greens and, and the Moderates, I think they're called, is, is uh, it remains to be seen. It's going to be mm. tight enough.
0: Uh, interesting to know, do you know what their, uh, what their viewpoint would be on NATO? The,
1: uh, the the, the, the right wing group. I banks. don't actually, I yeah. don't. I we'll cover this next week and yeah. I'll look that into them that actually. Yeah, That's an interesting
0: one. Jonathan, thanks a million I'm as sure. ever. Jonathan DeBurka, butler Butler there and Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 p.m. on news talk.